Welcome to Place by Design. You're watching a podcast dedicated to the exploration of places in which we live, why they matter, and how we plan them. This is recorded live in Southwest Michigan, and I'm your host, Garth Woodruff. Welcome to another episode of Place by Design, and I have with me Mark Moreno from Andrews University, professor of uh, architecture, right? And um, if I remember your background, right, University of Texas, right? Yep. And then your uh, master's degree was Harvard, right? Right. Now, did you work in between those, or did you work in the industry after? What's the, like, what's the parallel to your industry work? Um, well, I had some side jobs when I was a student uh, working for an interior designer. That was my first job in the industry. I grew up working in my dad's restaurant, the Alamo oh. restaurant in Grand Prairie, Texas. It was a family-run place with eight siblings running around doing the, cool. the, the work. Cool. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. So, um, so how long have you been at Andrews? 20 three years this is my 24th year wow yeah i know it's a long time it is a long time i mean that basically means probably the vast majority of your work life has been at andrews university right it is i surpassed i mean i think i was at the alamo restaurant for about 18 years that was the other longest running stint but that was from the time i was eight (laughs) i moved up to graduate school i worked for a professor just after graduating from school um, for a couple of years, and um, but in between undergraduate school and graduate school, primarily I was working at the restaurant and substitute teaching. I had an inkling, I guess I had an inner desire, it wasn't ever a stated goal that I wanted to teach, I wanted to be a teacher, mm-hmm. but I think examining it in, in retrospect, it was, um, it was clear that's the path I was going to take. Gotcha. So I, I I remember a friend saying, hey, you could, you could do um, substitute teaching. You, know, you can work on your portfolio for graduate school. You get $45 a day and you don't have to do anything. And I got into it and I realized very quickly, no, I, I want to teach something. I want to come in here and be meaningful uh, you know, or have at least a, a, a purpose for, right, right. for why I'm here you know, that was on behalf of the students. And I enjoyed it immensely. And went off to grad school, and it's and I've worked in a number of offices okay. um, in in Texas, and um, but um, and well, then here as well. Yeah, so we're we're going to I, I've got I've got two or three things that I that I want to pull out of you today, or at least talk about today that I think are interesting, and it has to do with the teaching a little bit. Um, so what one of them is, and I'm pretty sure, let's see, this is the fall, this is the spring semester. So you're teaching probably the first studio, which is a lot of drawing, right? Yeah. And you're teaching interior designs? Uh, I, I'm, I've got a graduate class called Kitchens and Baths. Kitchens and they and have baths. to design one kitchen and more. Okay. And we, we're reaching a level in design that um, I'm, I'm excited about in right. you know, the 20 some odd years that I've been here, um, it's in this class that they're reaching to to a higher level of, of design thinking that I'm, it's, I'm happy about. 
Yeah, you know, and, and I find that myself when you're teaching upper division or graduate classes compared to like the freshmen. And w when you're in a profession like ours, where it's like a professional degree, it's always more exciting when you're starting to get to the top of their skill set. And you're really engaging in like deep, nuanced ideas. But mm -hmm. what I really would like to know is, so this is now uh, the second week of April, all of the students at the university have gone home, you're teaching drawing classes. How in the world are you delivering that? And how do you feel about that in terms of like this tactile architect and this new delivery system? I mean, what is it that you're doing and how does that work? Well, um, I, I, I should also add that I'm teaching homeschool classes in uh, sketching. And, oh, you are? Yeah. And I'm teaching a communications class with my daughter. And, um, and the reason I bring those up is because I've been employing my phone, I would call this a poor man's uh, object viewer system. Uh, I didn't buy, I tried to get the object viewer to work that we have at the university, to bring it home and, and use it so that I could draw while the students can see what I'm drawing. And but so what I'll do is I'll log in. Explain what the object viewer is real quick. There's a camera that's looking down on the, on the table and the camera showing my hand while I draw, and I can talk through a drawing. I can say, "Here's how the, the here's what I'm doing with my hand." You can see my hand rotating the pencil, or I'm um, lifting pressure and and adjusting pressure, or I'm using the side of the pencil. And so you're not just using seeing the line drawn, but you're seeing the hand, and um, and and so this object viewer. I don't have one at the house, so what I do with Zoom is I, um, I figured this out with my daughter. We log in normally, like I'm on a laptop right now, and I'll log in again to my phone, and I put this, actually I put this up on, up on my light. Right. right. And, I, and I aim it down onto the drawing, and then the students can um, link to that picture. I can, I'll turn this over, and I can zoom in, zoom out, on whatever the camera is seeing and it works like an, an object viewer that's that's amazing that's that's uh that's problem solving you teach so you better it, be good at it. it's it, it's what we do it's what we do so but then how does that work on the student side of things are they doing something similar or are they are they emailing you pictures of their drawings especially the at the college side of things i mean how's the interaction coming back it's a little bit of both that um i have I, I have colleagues who are employing the use of a, a program called Concept Board, and um, for the the homeschool class, that's not how I've been doing. They'll just hold up their drawing and show me, and we talk about it a little bit. But it's primarily a drawing class. I give them a little bit of a history about what we're drawing, and then I draw, and they draw along with me. Then I give them a homework assignment. Um, with the graduate class, um, they've been. Um, sharing their screen because they're doing their work on Revit. I think oh, program. Okay. And so um, we're able to sort of have live live stream critiques right. of, of their work. Right. And that goes pretty well. I like it. And I just say, hey, change this view. And it's not, um, it's not that different from being in a classroom where you're looking at a computer screen along with somebody else. Um, I'm, I'm not happy yet with the interaction, but I'm, I'm uh, accepting that this is the, you know, the new norm, or at least the current new norm. 
and uh, you know, I'll be happy to get back to the studio. But I'm also looking at this thinking that there's this silver lining and there's things that we um, can certainly learn from this experience. Sure. Uh, or, you know, maybe we don't have to go into work every day. Maybe we can save on gas. Right, right. Maybe we can save on time. I've right. got a colleague who travels an hour and a half you know, each way to work every day. Wow. And, you know, that's a lot of time per week that he's got now you know, to do something else. Yeah. He's, oh, he's, he just found three hours a day, and that's a lot. So, so then here's the, so here's the segue that I think is interesting and you, and and I know a little bit more about your history than obviously anybody who else is probably watching this. Um, but one of the things that you do is this Renaissance kids during the summertime. And I think you've probably got what, four or five sections of it. And it's basically a couple of weeks where, um, younger kids, right? Like middle school aged, high school, grade school aged kids come in and they share in this kind of like little bit more hands-on practical experience of solving problems and creating spaces and things like that so what you were just saying was like you know I can see the silver lining in this and, and this may change things so so a lot of camps are canceling um, I just talked to a student today because I, I do student advising right and one of my students is like well I'm gonna take summer classes because camps gonna be canceled and I don't have a job so how does how does the the new normal parlay into this renaissance kids piece it's a good question um when parents ask me generally what are your kids what are my kids going to do in your camp i used to tell them specifically well we're going to do this and this and this exercise and this exercise but my my answers have become more and more generic as in we're problem solving we're asking kids to look at things in a lot of different perspectives we look down on things, we look at the side view, we look into and outside of, right. we look at the context, right. and we, we, um, we state the problem, we figure out through design solutions to those problems, and we ask them to work together, we ask them to use their hands, we ask them to draw, make models, right. and, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm generally pretty satisfied with that as an answer, it's a pat answer, but it's, meaning, it's more meaningful than just saying, hey, we're gonna build a bridge today. Right. And, uh, and we're looking critically at things and we are processing, um, uh, we're looking at process quite a bit. You right. can do this, it's okay to fail. Um, that's been my bigger mental um, hurdle because of the COVID uh, pandemic, because it's stated this is a hands-on camp. Right. And you know, every year right. for the last, Know, since 2007 we've met together and we do these things together um how i'm looking at that now is saying okay my challenge i've got a challenge right and that is to deliver this camp digitally and i've said to myself i'm not changing the mission and i'm not changing what was meaningful before i'm not changing it again i'm not going to change it we're going to still do all of those things and we're going to be emphasizing hands-on and collaboration so our, my goal is to, to give design problems and then a platform concept for it is where it's kind of like Google Docs, but for graphics yeah, yeah. and share, share images. And I think um, currently that's where my head is. I think we'll, we'll put together um, a, 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 some way in which the, the kids can have input into a collaborative, a collaborative design uh, right. You, do, uh, you remember when we taught, we taught um, we taught placemaking studio together a year ago, I think, 
And yeah. one of the first projects that you did, which was your little brainstorm, is the was this collaborative model building. And yeah. I think it was the first year that we used Ske uh, SketchUp. SketchUp. Yeah. And right. we did it, and they and students basically like if if there was that model. Um, of collaborative work that could be done online super easy because that was an, an online platform and they were downloading their sketchup pieces into this full project where they each had a chunk to design but probably with renaissance kids the younger ones that's oh you know what could work though um minecraft uh, it's crossed my mind I've, I've been i've been told renaissance kids is like minecraft in reality right um but the strange thing is and this might be it doesn't seem strange to me. I've never watched Minecraft in action. I've never opened it. My I've never boys downloaded. were downstairs. They're grown men, but they're they were downstairs two nights ago, and they were both Minecrafting. Um, yeah. And it's pretty fascinating to watch. And they had their own little world going on, and it was a split screen. I'll bet you. I mean, I would have to learn, and I'm sure you would have to like completely figure right. that out. But probably for but, the younger kids, they would think it's awesome. Well, they, they would, and I, I would too, but I, I'm not ready to relinquish the, the insistence on hand making things. So like the spaghetti, because you did, like last year you did it in one of my extra rooms at the university, and they were building spaghetti things that were supposed to absorb weight from something, right? No, we were, we were building structures that had to carry an egg safely to the ground from a 10 foot free fall. And it was fantastic. These kids did, did it. Did anybody actually pass the test? Yeah, they get free Renaissance kids tuition for that. Really? When, at the end, at the end of the semester, if they can do it um, with their structure, they get a free tuition for Renaissance. Well, everybody's so got spaghetti in their house. They're either e earning um, discounts or scholarship, full scholarship, throughout the semester. Nice. You are quite That's a cool. give. You are quite a giver, my friend. You give back to the community quite a bit. Well, I wish I could give more. I, I do have to, um, you know, I, I started Renaissance Kids to generate a little more income because I had kids, you know, I, well, I had bills. I still have Harvard bills. You do? I do. <laughs> and you've got three girls in college or something like that, right? Um, two, two, two are still in college, one's done. Okay. Those but, are you know, I, I don't make a lot of money, but I like, I, yeah, I, I think it's important to give and you know, I give scholarships and, you know, if people... Yeah, but I mean, I don't mean just give through Renaissance Kids. I, I mean, you you seem to have collaborated on a ton of uh, design projects downtown in St. Joe and worked with uh, different um, people in the community to raise awareness of injustice or needs. I mean, it seems like that. I see that all over the place. And I feel like Renaissance Kids, I know Renaissance Kids is a little summer business like many of us have, but there's a lot of philanthropy to it but maybe that just yeah. your teaching well it's pretty it's pretty much at least half of my identity around here and it's it's a passion um i i also realized through working with the camp that there's never been a project that i've done where there wasn't some aha moment where uh, a design breakthrough or some idea came to flesh out what the project really wanted to ultimately be and that credit goes to somebody else. It could be uh, the director of the Krasl, Julia Gorley, or it could be my wife, or it could be a kid. And oftentimes it is a kid where they say, oh, why can't we do this? And I say, why not? Let's do it. Uh, yeah, great idea. Let's go. 
and um, you know, my boss, um, Professor Karskallen, has solved a few problems where I'm just, I'm struggling. I'm like, okay, you know, I've, I've been thinking about this for two weeks, and I haven't, I, I haven't landed on the solution. And he'll just go, well, why don't you do it this way? And it's like, oh, okay, got it. That makes sense. It's meant to be now. Yeah, being too close to it. Well, listen, we're going to wrap this part up. But what I want to talk to you about next, we're going to talk about next, okay? If you're interested in Renaissance Kids or know somebody who might be interested, I encourage you to go to andrews.edu backslash renkids to find out more about Mark and his programs. Thank you for watching another episode of Place by Design. I'd like to thank my team at Rootbound for their continued support. Of course, we also thank our generous guests that join us on the edge of the lake. Please share if you enjoyed yourself and plan to come back for more. And don't go away mad, just go away.